You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LAFC. This is the introduction to our study of the book of Numbers. We started coming to LEFC when I was pregnant with Daniel, so about seven years ago, and I would just say that God has really used this church a lot in my life. Um, Definitely just given me more of an excitement to know him and study his word, and WBF has been um, a big part of that. Uh, I'll definitely admit that when I first started coming to WBF, it was like just to make friends. (laughs) You know, I just was like kind of a new mom and lonely. I'd moved farther away from my girlfriends. Um, And yeah, I was just looking to be a part of this community, which, you know, thankfully was graciously welcoming me in. Uh, But a big turning point for me was when we studied Joshua. So that would have been, I don't know if any of you ladies remember, like five or six years ago, I think. Um, Yeah, that study just really like got me excited to study more. And I just, I just wanted more after that. Um, so I studied Judges over the summer, and then when Linz and Christy had a class on First, Second, and Third John, they started offering. When they started offering the How to Study classes, I started taking those, and I just got more and more excited about it. And I just started to see how this is like a lifelong journey of studying God's Word and getting to know Him through His Word. Um, yeah, and. The excitement continues, so just kind of got hooked on those inductive study classes, and and so now we're here um, teaching numbers, and I will say that preparing for numbers has been a journey, because it's an Old Testament book, and there's a lot of tough stuff in this book to wrestle with, Um, so just know that, and and we're going to wrestle with it together in this class, Um, but I have just loved seeing the Lord in this book and um, just seeing how he reveals himself and just really being overwhelmed by who he is and then what my response should be to that. Um, yeah, still, still wrestling with that. And so we're gonna, we're gonna do that together. Uh, we are 100% walking this journey with you of studying the book. And, and yeah, it's our first time doing number or an Old Testament book in a setting like this. So yeah, just feeling humbled and wanting to handle it well. So um, I think that's it for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, like Aaron said, my name is Casey. Um, <clears throat> I'm a loud talker, apparently. No, I am a loud talker. I um, I I teach kids for a living, so I have to keep a classroom of little ones attention. So I use my hands a lot, I move a lot, I'm loud. Um, I do, I feel like I'm not a very outgoing person in a big setting, but then when I teach all of a sudden I have like this new energy. So I also talk super fast, so please, like in real life, not just now, not just when I'm like in front of people, so please slow me down if you, I'm not offended. Um, So my husband Jeremy and I started coming here about 10 years ago already. Uh, We've just loved our time here at LAFC. Uh, We have two daughters, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. So our youngest, Brinley, just started kindergarten this year. So I'm in like this new phase of having a day or two at home by myself. (laughs) So young moms, it's it's fun, but it's also weird. And some of you that have had kids through this season, um, I'm like, don't know, it's weird because it's so quiet and I'm almost like looking forward to them coming home. Yeah, I'm looking, I like this time at home. I can't quite get it, wrap my mind around it, but um, definitely a new, new season here. 
Um, aside from raising my kids, I also work part-time for Compass Mark, which is an addiction prevention agency in Lancaster. So I am a program, a prevention program facilitator. Um, I'm basically an educator that goes into schools and we work with little ones to help them to see and learn how to make healthy decisions um, through social emotional skills. So I spend a lot of time teaching how to deal with your emotions and how to get along with others. And so all things we still need to know. Um, so I've been coming to WBF for many years as Aaron as well. Um, I joined the teaching team last year with Lindsay and Aaron in the Colossians class. I was like terrified. I did not see myself in this position. I teach little kids, but teaching adults is, is a whole different ballgame. Um, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I see the same tendencies. I'm like, uh-oh. It's our human nature, I guess. Um, so it was a really good experience. Definitely humbled. Um, not something, like I said, I, I expected to be doing. Um, but I have seen firsthand what studying the Bible more deeply can do with your relationship with the Lord um, and really my whole life. And so I'm excited to share that with you guys. Um, we are by no means experts at all. Um, we are on this journey with you, which is really fun. Um, we are learning. I'm excited to learn from you guys as well. And um, as I've learned how to study the Bible differently, I feel like my view of, of the Lord has really changed drastically. Um, my first experience with the inductive study was back in the Ephesians class. I don't know how many years ago that was. Um, but it really made a huge difference in my life, and I just love studying the Bible this way. Um, if you know me, I've probably said this before to you, but I just really love um, and have learned how studying God's word is for everyone. I don't have a Bible degree. I don't have any type of background in that. Um, but I've learned that the Lord just wants us to seek him, and he wants us to not know everything, which is really hard for certain personalities. Um, but he, he can teach anybody, and we, anybody can interpret scripture if you just take the time to do it. And we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to help us to discern and to learn um, and just have that desire to spend with him. So no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, um, no matter what your strengths and weaknesses are, the word is for you too. And I think that is something I've really been grasping um, in the last couple years. So he wants us, again, to spend time with him, growing in our knowledge and our affection for who he is. Um, and like Aaron said, we're in this, I said earlier, we're in this together. Um, Book of Numbers isn't always the easiest to study. Um, it does take a little bit of perseverance. We're going to tell you that now. But the reward is so sweet. If you can really spend time stewing over the things that we're, we're reading in this book, um, it's, it's awesome. It's really been a really cool experience. I've learned so much more about the Lord um, and just what he has done for us all through history um, from the time everything began to now, today, and seeing how he is unchanging has been really cool. Um, so my hope in this study is that we can work together to grow closer to the Lord, um, to get into his word, and just to learn more about him. So that's a little bit about me. Um, what we're going to do now is break into our tables, just to get to know each other a little bit, give you some time to talk. So if you just want to introduce yourself, say who you are, and then there are two things we were going to kind of have you talk about. One is just maybe give a quick highlight of your summer, maybe something fun that you did. Probably not recap your whole summer, that might take too long, but maybe pick one thing that was really cool over your summer. Um, and then also just what is your experience with the inductive Bible study approach or method um, in the past? What have you done or if there's classes here that you've taken? And then what are you hoping to kind of gain from the study here this semester? So a highlight from your summer. What is your experience? What have you done with the with inductive Bible study? And then um, what are you hoping to get? Maybe I'll jot those down here as you remember. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. All right, go ahead. So this is this is numbers study summit. 
Um, so I'm going to explain all kinds of things here. I'm going to start by just sharing our vision for WBF as a whole, which I know Lynn said last week, but it bears repeating. Our mission, our mission statement for WBF is this, to see women grow in their knowledge and love for God through the study of scriptures, and then to foster inter, big word, intergenerational discipleship and community among the women of LEFC. So that's sort of our big picture mission here. And I feel like it boils down to then these two things, knowledge and love for God and community. So that's what we're, that's what we're going after here. And then specifically in this classroom setting here, um, this class really reflects our heart for WBF because this is where we can have that dialogue about the word um, and we can really teach you how to study the word. So we have, I, I've kind of narrowed it down to three goals that we have in this class. Um, to study the word together in community. Um, and to equip you to study the word on your own by teaching you the practice of studying. Uh, and they are practices, and we can get rusty at them. Uh, we're going to review, we're going to review the inductive study method and all those different things here soon. So if it's been a while, don't worry, you're not alone. Um, it, it is difficult at times too. So if it feels hard, just know that it is hard. Uh, and it's hard because we're not just having it handed to us, right? Like we're not just having someone else's interpretation and study and their, the fruits of their labor given to us. We are actually digging and searching in God's word for those nuggets of truth and for God's character. So I just want to acknowledge that if you're here today and you're like, I don't know, this can be hard, I'm just not sure. Just know that you're not alone. It feels hard to me too. Um, We've just been, Case and I have been in this book now since like last winter. So we're, you know, we've had some time to kind of dig in it, but like it is, it is hard and we have to practice and we, and it's good to practice together. We want to practice together. Um, yeah. And then the last goal I'd say is just to get you excited to study the word. I hope my goal for each one of you would be that when you leave this class at the end of the year, you're like, Oh yeah, like I want more. I want to. What am I going to study next? What, what, um, what does God have for me next? So, yeah, those would be my goals. Study the Word together, to equip you to study the Word, and to get excited about it. So, um, now that we've gone over those goals, let's talk about the rationale behind it. So this is going to be a review for you. If you've been in this class before, we're going to go through, um, yeah, that mind to heart review. Uh, so our ultimate goal, again, is to get to know God better. We want to know him and be transformed as we know him more rightly, because we can only know ourselves rightly if we know him rightly. So there's a lot of rightlies. <laughs> we want to go. <laughs> we want to go from our heads to our hearts. We want to love God deeply. This is our desire, and this is ultimately what he commands us to do, is to love him with all of our hearts and our soul in our mind. Um, but, but ladies, how can we love God if we don't know him? The heart cannot love what the mind does not know. And we want, if we want to feel deeply about God, we must learn to think deeply about God. So going from that thinking to the feeling. And now I think that the thinking and feeling, they do go hand in hand. But the reason we emphasize the thinking is because that's sort of our goal here, like in studying the word, and then also we just feel as women sometimes we're more apt to go quicker to the feeling and neglect sometimes the thinking. And so 
that's why we're emphasizing that from the head and then to the heart. Um, so our focus here is to grow in our knowledge and understanding and then have that lead to a greater affection for him. So I'm so encouraged to hear that some of you are yeah, saying like that is my goal here this morning is to grow in my affection for Christ. Um, because we don't want to just become these super scholars with all this head knowledge, right? Like what, what good does that do? We're not trying to just become, um, yeah, we don't, that's just going to lead to pride in our hearts if we're just think that we have all this knowledge. Um, so we want to focus on the thinking deeply about God in this class. And then as we discover more and more of who he is, we just, we can't help but love him and have that affection. So this then is why we study, this is why we study the Bible, right then? For all these reasons. Um, I'm just going to rearrange here. We believe that the Bible is a book about God. The Bible is his story. It's how God reveals his truth to us. Um, We do believe that the Bible speaks into our lives and that it should transform us, but the order in which we do this does matter. So we want to come to his word first, acknowledging that it is a book about him. It is primarily his story. It, It can be easy to come to the Bible with a misplaced focus, focusing on ourselves and attempting to find that quick application for our day. Um, I like to call this the grab-and-go approach or the, the hot pocket approach or, I don't know, pick whatever like, quick microwavable food that you like if maybe you don't like anything like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, power to you. And, and so what, what do I mean by the hot pocket approach? So, like, you know, it's easy and it's fast and it, it's fun and it makes us feel good. It's like that five-minute blurb that we read in the morning and then, and then we take that with us. And so now we've read our Bible we check that box and we're feeling good and ready to move on with our day. Um, it's, more, it's more of a me-focused approach to scripture. Uh, and I, I do say that with a lot of grace, though, because these types of things are not evil, they're not bad. Uh, they're just, they're not the only way that we want to approach scripture, right? So to stick with the analogy, like this should be um, a small portion in our diet. Like this, it has its place, but it's more like the dessert at the end of the day. So. So yeah, like, don't feel bad like, if you like those kinds of things. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but so then, how should we approach our Bible? How, how then should we study our Bible? Um, we want to have more like... <laughs> we want to have more like that pot roast approach, you know? <laughs> or like the, the canning, you know? Like, like, who wants to cut up all those vegetables all day? Who wants to like, do the water bath? Like, these things take... Again, maybe you like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry if I'm picking on you. Um, but these things take time. Um, but, you know, like how much better are those canned peaches than that Hot Pocket, right? So, yeah, we want to, to, so to bring it back, so to bring it back. I don't know. Hopefully, if that helps you remember it, then, then I did my job. So. <laughs> the point is here we want to be laying down deposits rather than making those quick withdrawals, okay? So we want to take our time. We want to slow down and think deep about what it is that we're reading and not just like take it, grab it, go. Um, so yeah, we wanna take our time and marinate in the word, uh, but ladies, we have 36 chapters to get through. So <laughs> it's gonna be like some, some, some short marinade. <laughs> we're gonna like marinate quickly, if you will. 
So um, we're going to try to pick apart the text and really try to understand what it means and also how it fits into scripture as a whole. So like, thankfully, we've, we just did Genesis and Exodus not that long ago. So we're kind of seeing how this fits into scripture. And we're going we're gonna to point to the New Testament. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, but naturally, we're not going to understand it all right away, right? Like, we don't just open numbers. We're like, yeah, I get that. That makes total sense. Chapter 5, got it. Done. So we have to learn to ask the questions and be okay with not knowing the answers. And it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. This is, like, by far the hardest part. Um, but this is, this is how we learn, right? Because if somebody just tells you the answer right away, you're not going to remember it. If you have to dig for it, yourself, you're so much more likely to remember it in the long run. So we want to train ourselves to come to the text first, ask all the questions. We're all about the questions in this in this class. Um, and then just like sit in those unknowns for a little while. And then we can discuss our different ideas about the answer together. So I know we say this, the wrestling word, like we're going to wrestle with it a lot together. So to kind of recap everything I just said, slowing down, asking questions, ask yourself, what can I learn about God in this text? And then look for answers and seek understanding. So that's kind of our goal. Um, yeah, that's kind of our goal in a nutshell. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about these classes here. Um, so we're teaching these classes to help you learn how to study the Bible and it help us to center our lives around Christ. And we have that first class. Um, you may have heard us refer to them before as level one and level two. We're, I think we're trying to kind of get away from that so that it doesn't sound like one level is better than the other. Um, the first class is study the word 101. And that's where we actually like take the time to teach the different skill sets. Now we're gonna go through those again in review. So it's okay, like if you haven't, it's, it really is okay if you haven't taken that class, it's okay. In this class, Study Summit, we're, gonna, we're not gonna go through it um, as slowly, if you will. We're not gonna actually teach all those different elements of studying. Um, but yeah, that being said, we are going to be able to review. And also feel free to reach out to us personally um, if you're struggling with something and you need some help. Um, yeah, tap us, tap some other ladies like Chris and Linz um, or some people who have taken this class before. We don't want you to think that this is like a more advanced, um, a more advanced class necessarily. And also, it's more just that, so that we can spend more time in discussion and also so that we can do like a longer book too. Because when we take the time to actually, like in the first class, we, we actually write like all the repeated words on the board, you know? So then you don't get as much time to talk. So this allows us to go through um, a longer book. Um, yeah, and also there's not like another level past this. This is, this is the goal right here. We're never gonna become masters at studying the Bible. We're never gonna, we're, we're climbing the mountain on, in this study summit, but we're never gonna like reach the top, you know? So um, studying the Bible in a community is sort of the end goal. Like that's kind of where we wanna land. Um, so yeah, speaking of larger books, uh, as I mentioned, we have numbers here. It's a large book, 36 chapters. And I'm gonna go about, I'm gonna go over the background and context of it in a little bit here, but I just wanna give kind of like big picture for you right now of the book, just kind of like an intro. So like I shared last week, it might seem like an unusual book to pick to study. Um, 
it might even seem like, you know, boring in some parts. It's okay, we can say that. Um, but one of the major reasons that we're covering this book is that it also fits into our goal of biblical literacy. And that's just a fancy way of saying that we want everyone to feel like they, they know, you generally speaking, kind of know what's in your Bible. And so, yeah, we did Genesis, we did Exodus, um, and now the party's continuing with numbers. <laughs> so um, the leadership team didn't want to skip over this book, but also felt like it'd be better for this small classroom setting. And we will be then, um, I think we're going to get to Deuteronomy then in a couple years. So this will really help, help fill that gap for you. Um, and biblical literacy is important too because um, the New Testament assumes that you know your Old Testament. When you read, when you read your New Testament, there's going to be references back to things that happen um, in this book. And so it's going to help you both ways when you study the Old Testament um, yeah, you're going you're gonna to see how it points to Christ. And then when you're reading the New Testament, you're going to see how he talks about things that happened here. It's, it's awesome. Um, and we do have some cross-references in your homework that will point you to the New Testament. So we'll be, we'll be doing that together. Um, because ultimately, we believe, again, that all scripture points to Christ. The gospel is not just like a New Testament invention. It was already there. Um, it's the center of the whole Bible. Um, yeah, so we're going to go through it in 10 weeks. Yeah, Genesis, Nexus, we even like split those into two, but this we're going to do all together. So we're going to have to go fast. So this is kind of my disclaimer for you all. The first two weeks are going to be like a lot of, yeah, details and law and like God kind of setting up, um, kind of setting up the camp. Um, and we're going to do like six chapters in the first week and six chapters in the second week. So like, please don't get discouraged. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of details. We're gonna have a census. Um, we're gonna have instructions for the tribes and some really interesting laws and rituals. It's all good stuff, um, but it, it can feel, it can feel um, tedious. So just hang on, it's gonna get better. I just don't want you to come back next week and say like, Aaron, you said this is going to be an interesting book, and like so far it's just this tribe has this many people, and this tribe has this many people. So um, just hang hang with us there. Like there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen um, once we get into the middle of the book, and these first couple weeks are good too. Like they're going to be they're going to be great. It's going to be good. But um, yeah, it's a lot of chapters, so just hang with us. Um, the book of Numbers sounds like it should be all about numbers. Uh, and it, it, like, that's a theme that hangs over the whole book. But the Hebrew title of the book is a little more fitting. It's called In the Wilderness. It's all about God's people, the nation of Israel, during that time period between when they left Egypt um, and then the conquest of the Promised Land. This is, uh, they're in like, they're in one of these, this might sound familiar to you, they're in one of those already but not yet time periods. So they've already been saved, they've already come through the Red Sea, and God has given them their salvation, but they haven't quite yet reached the promised land, um, their inheritance. So, uh, yeah, and they were supposed to go right into the promised land. They were supposed to just go right into that promised land. But spoiler alert, if you haven't read the book yet, <laughs> they basically refuse to enter the promised land and don't believe that God is going to do it for them and that he's going to give it to them. 
And so that they end up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. Um, so that's the 40 years, basically, of this book um, that we're going to be studying. So hopefully that kind of gives you a little, like, intro into the book. And, yeah, we'll get into some more details here in a little bit. Um, Casey's going to take over now and review inductive study. All right. So we're going to take a step back and look big picture again here. Um, we kind of got into the vision for the class and a little bit about numbers. We'll go back to talk about more about numbers here in a second. Um, and I'm going to quickly review the inductive study approach. I'm not going to spend a ton of time here. Um, we, a lot of you have experience working in this type of, um, this type of study. But I do want to make sure I point out there are going to be some differences that you'll see between a New Testament book, which here at, at least here at WBF, that's what mainly what we've done with these type of classes, and an Old Testament book. So I do want to make sure I point out some of those differences that you'll see as we um, go along. So as you know, the inductive study is just one approach to studying scripture. Uh, it's really the one here at LAFC and WBF that we've come to love. Um, we, if you take it to the Exodus studies, the recent one, the last two springs, it's also the same format we've used there. If you've noticed that we don't, and those studies don't teach each individual thing a whole lot, but you'll see the three steps that we are gonna cover here now. Um, what I love about this approach is again, anybody can do it. Um, it's not just meant for those people who are, yeah, much better thinkers than me. It works for us too. So um, there's a ton of value, as, as Aaron said, to just slowing down looking at a chapter in the Bible and verse by verse. There are different ways of just looking over the whole, all of scripture and picking out topics, but um, when you stop and look through every verse, you're gonna get things that you would miss if you simply just looked for topics throughout the Bible. Um, and there's a lot of verses in these 36 chapters, um, but we can do it in this type of book too. So the inductive study allows you to investigate God's word, looking for what it says, what it means, and how it applies to your everyday life. Um, our ultimate goal in studying scripture, like Aaron said, is to learn more about who God is. Um, it is not, and putting ourselves, it is putting ourselves aside, which is different for us. I feel like in our culture, we're all about ourselves. In, in studying scripture, we should not be. We should be all about learning more about him. Obviously, as we learn more about him, like Aaron said, we will learn more about ourselves and, well, and more about what we need as well. Um, so we want to look at what the text is saying and what it means before we look at how it applies to us which is the reason that the steps are the way they are. So when you come to any book of the Bible, the first thing you wanna do is look at the background, and that's what Aaron is gonna do here in a second. Um, look at things like who wrote the book, who it was written to, uh, what is the purpose behind it, when was it written? These are all things that you could find in a study Bible. Um, there's lots of resources out there, but in simply in the, if you have a study Bible, the, usually that first page of each book of the Bible will give you some of that, those things. This really builds the foundation for what we need to better understand the text. When you think about who is written to and why it's written, it makes some of it make a little bit more sense. Our culture is way different, vastly different than what it was like when this was written. So to understand the culture that it was written in, the people it was written to is really helpful. So Aaron will do that here in a second. Um, so after background, the inductive study method has three steps we're gonna review. Uh, does anyone know what the first step is? Oh, observation. observation thank you. All right, the first step is observation. The second step is interpretation. interpretation. And the third step? 
Application, thank you. All right, so observation, interpretation, application. Uh, you will find all three of these steps in our workbook, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but first we're gonna start with observation. So that, when you come to a text, when you, have, when you do that observation step, you're asking yourself, what does the text what do you say? Yes, what does it say? What are you reading? What's happening? Observation is a vital part in understanding the text. It must be done first. And this is the part where people just, I know I mean, I want to like, I want to know why this mean, what this means, why is this here? But to take a step back and really look at what is happening, um, this is the portion where you are going to see some differences between a New Testament book and an Old Testament book. Um, the genre of a lot of, not all, but a lot of the Old Testament books are historical narratives, so there's going to be much more of a storyline to follow um, than some of Paul's letters and things like that. So you will actually have, a, there will be a, a plot sometimes, <laughs> um, there'll be characters, all the things that you would have if you would read a narrative. Um, these books do tend to be longer in size, so it, it, it's going to look a little different. Um, a big part of that is just to look at what is happening. So in your, I'll get to it in a second, but in your workbooks, you'll actually have a spot where it says narrative, and it's a, an area where you can write what is happening in this story. Um, I will go through page by page in a second here for you, um, but when you're working through your observations, especially in this 10-week class, you're probably not going to be able to get into every detail. That's hard for some people, especially people like me. I want to like know, know everything, and I'm very detail-oriented. Um, if you took the Colossians class last fall when we did that, we did four chapters in 10 weeks. This is 36 <laughs> chapters in 10 weeks if you wanna see the comparison. Big difference there. Um, so you can look at, you know, you can look at specific details here. It's just gonna look a little different. In Colossians, we could look more at repeated words and pretty straightforward lists and things like that where now it's gonna look a little different and I'm gonna get to each of those here in a second. Um, and because you're supposed to try to get through 36 chapters, we're asking, we're doing this together in 10 weeks. We do encourage you to go back after the study and maybe dig a little deeper. Because um, there might be stuff that you're like, oh, I really wanna know more about that. And we just don't have time in an hour and a half to cover everything in that many chapters. So um, feel free and we encourage you to go back through um, after we're done here and look into more of these details that we aren't able to kind of cover here. So, some things in, a, in an Old Testament book that you're going to look for in observation would be, again, what is going on in the story? So in the book of Numbers, you might look at what are the Israelites doing? What is God doing? Um, you're going to look at when and where is the specific story happening? It's really, it'll be good. We're going to try to give you kind of like taglines each week to kind of fit the big story together. Because um, it is helpful to see where it's going and remember what has happened before. Um, and things like repeated phrases and whole concepts and themes might be something to look for instead of individual words. Um, you still might have individual words you can look for, um, but it's just gonna be a little bit harder when you have so many chapters to read. So then finally with observation, you're gonna wanna jot down any questions that you have. If you're like me, you're gonna have a million. <laughs> and that's okay, it's a good thing. Um, so write down the questions that you have when you read through it in your observation section. So that is a real quick overview of observation. What does the text say? So then the next step in the um, inductive study is interpretation. So that answers the question, what does the text mean? Right. So we're diving deeper into what is, what is it saying? What is the meaning behind it? Asking yourselves things like, what does it mean? Why is it here? Why is, it, why is this written in the Bible? What can I learn about God? So you're going to use things like cross-references. 
definitions. We don't actually have a section for definitions in your workbook, but you're welcome to do that on your own, looking up words, looking back at the original meaning of words in the Hebrew. Um, so hopefully when you do those things, when you look at cross-references, we look at definitions, when you're starting to ask, your, ask yourself more questions, our hope is that you can answer some of your questions and then you're probably gonna find yourself having more questions, so that's okay too. Um, like Aaron said, in an Old Testament book, there's a ton, you're gonna find a ton of cross-references. Um, some of those are actually just in the Old Testament as well. So they might be in another book, re-explaining what's happening. I found when you go back to Deuteronomy, there, or go to Deuteronomy, there's some re-explaining of some of the stories, which is actually pretty helpful to get some different details. So sometimes those re references are just simply in the Old Testament, again, re-explaining the story. Sometimes they will go into the New Testament, which like Aaron said, an author is looking back at a story that has happened, um, or maybe pointing out a character of God then and now in the New Testament, um, or also looking at people's heart and our actions. That also, our nature has not changed. <laughs> um, the Israelites, you're gonna find, I'll have a lot of things that we can relate to um, today. Hopefully some of the things are a little different, but there's definitely gonna be things that you see in our nature that has not changed. Um, and then also other cross-references, which are my favorite part, I think, is when we can see Christ um, in the Old Testament. Looking for, in the New Testament, they will talk about things of Christ, and you can see how it points back to um, what he, or things in the Old Testament as well. Um, and again, that is probably my favorite part of when you're reading an Old Testament book, because sometimes it is, it's hard to get, it's hard to understand what's happening, but if you can look for Christ, that many years ago, before he was even around um, in person, um, is just awesome. It brings me a lot of excitement and it makes it a lot more fun to read. Um, so we will actually be having you look at that in every section of your homework, um, looking at for Christ. How is he exemplified by a person or a story or an action? Um, and again, in interpretation, you'll have more questions and jot those down as you go through and that's good too. And then one of the last things we'll do in, in, in interpretation in that, section or in that um, step is to look at main points. Um, I'm going to go over that in a second here, what that looks like, especially kind of different, maybe a little different in an Old Testament book. Um, but that is going to really be important for you to do as you're reading this many chapters, to look for some main points. And those are things that you will hopefully remember from week to week, because there's just no way you're probably going to remember every single detail. But when you're looking at more of the bigger picture um, main points, that'll be helpful as well. So that is a interpretation in a nutshell. Any questions about that? So again, looking at what the text means. All right, then our last one is, last step in the process is application. And this is answering the question, how should it change me? So again, you're looking at what the text says and what it means before you're looking at how does it affect me? What do I do now? Um, those things happen first, right? Otherwise, we're gonna have a skewed, a skewed view of scripture. If we're simply looking for how does this affect me? What am I gonna do? We're going to miss things that the characters of God that we should be seeing. Um, we want to, like Aaron said too, we want to know him more and then love him more. And then that should change our lives. Um, but it starts with knowing and loving him more and then um, those practical changes. So we will look at things that we, how does this affect us? What should I be doing differently? What, um, how is God working in my life right now? But that should come last, but that will be part of the process as well. So we have observation, interpretation, application. Any questions? at this point about any of those. Sorry, that was super fast, but again, I'm assuming, I don't like to assume, but I'm assuming a lot of you have had experience in doing something along these lines. Any questions? 
And of course, as we go along, like Aaron said, please ask um, any of us that we would love to help you work through these things, or I might ask you to help me work through something too. That works. <laughs> that goes back and forth. Um, all right, so what we're gonna do now is look through the workbook and kind of page through. Um, if you know me, I'm like probably one of the most detailed people you might know. Lindsay's laughing because her and I work well together because we have, we have each other's strengths and weaknesses, we need each other. Um, I'm like, wait, this page number's missing. Anyway. I did see one group of reading, I'm like, no! Anyway. Yeah, anyway, you will find that pretty quickly. That's my personality. But, so I'm gonna go through a lot of details here for those that like that. If it's too many details, I'm not gonna tell you to tune me out, but it's okay. Um, all right, so you'll find on the first, well, it's actually page three, the table of contents. That actually does have a number at the bottom, but it is um, just gives you the week and, there's no number I know, okay. Um, it gives you the week and what chapters we're doing each week, okay? So you'll see, actually, I'll get to this in a second, but the first couple weeks, there are a lot of chapters. There are some weeks that there's only two or three chapters. So we can look forward to those, because those are always fun. You can spell a little more. <laughs> now that you're all looking forward to the other parts, we're kind of making it sound like it's not good. But all scripture is good, right? Um, all right, and then the next page, you will see the inductive study method. That is basically what I just went through. Gives you just an overview of each of these steps that we will be using. Then you can flip next on six and seven. It says define the terms at the top. That is all of the different headings that we're gonna have throughout this workbook are explained here. Um, actually in interpretation, we won't actually have a section for definitions or I guess most of them would do, but just not that. Um, but anyway, it still just gives you some idea, some a reference for what, we're, what we mean by those headings. Um, so it kind of gives you a definition for them. If you need to look back at that as you go, that can be also helpful. Then on page eight, you'll find a list of attributes of God. Um, we are, even in a long Old Testament book like this, we are really wanting to look for his character. And so as you're reading, uh, we are gonna ask you to look for those things. They may not be super explicit all the time in, in a narrative like this. You might have to kind of read between the lines and really look for his character. It is there, I promise. Um, so you will either be highlighting this if that works for you, writing them down, but this list just helps you to give a definition to some of these attributes that you will find. So I definitely would keep that in mind that that is there. Uh, then we have a very simple timeline. There's a lot going on in this book, but we've just kind of picked out some of the bigger things just to give you an idea. I know for me it was helpful to kind of have an idea of time in my mind to see where, what's happening. So you'll see, obviously in BC, it works from like bigger numbers to smaller numbers, just to remind you of that. So that's why it's going that direction, if that makes sense. We're getting closer to zero and then it starts over. Um, so as you'll see, they, there is some of the different things that are happening. Again, not every single thing is on this timeline, but as you're doing your, like working through what's happening, you can always refer back to this on this page to figure out what is happening and when. Right. Fill in. They could, you could like fill in some things. Ooh, too. good idea. I like that. So you can do that if you want to. If you have, if, you, if something's happening and it's not listed here, write it in so it helps you to have an idea. Um, elaborate. And then we will. Oh, then actually, after week one, you'll see a, sp a section or space for background information. Erin is going to go through that here in a second, and some an area for notes. All right. 
All right, so I'm gonna just get into really quick what each week is gonna look like. Um, it pretty much looks similar throughout the whole study. Some things will change slightly. Um, the first thing you'll come to, so on page 16, if you wanna just look there with me, um, there is a little part at the top that says overview. This is a really important part, and I know a lot of times we just kind of skip through it, but we are really gonna encourage you to not skip this. Um, it does say to spend some time in prayer, so before you even get started with your study for the week, spend some time praying, asking the Lord to show you things, to help you to discern, to help you if you get frustrated, <laughs> to help you to keep going, or just to teach you and to show you his heart. Um, and then it's gonna tell you to read through the whole week's homework. Again, this is the part where I think people, and, and I know I'm guilty of it too, just kind of want to skip over that. However, we really want to encourage you to do that. You can either read it or you could listen to it, if that works better for you. You can listen while you're doing dishes or whatever else, or you're driving. That doesn't work for me though, because I'm not distracted by everything else around me. But some people, that works great. So um, we do encourage you to, to, again, read or listen to the whole thing. The reason we ask you to do this, and, and it's helpful, because if you can look at the chapters as a whole, it kind of gives you a better idea of what's of what's happening, first of all, and just a bigger picture, um, it's gonna help you to interpret the little things when you can know kind of what's coming. And we're not gonna ask you to read all 36 chapters every week, like we've done in some of the smaller books. That would be a little crazy. I don't. I think we'd have everyone walking out the door. Um, but we are gonna ask if you could to try to read it, the whole section or the whole week's homework before we break it down. Um, and as you do that, looking for, as it says here in your overview, looking for God's attributes, you can mark them in yellow in your journals. We didn't actually talk about these, did we? You also have uh, on your tables, um, you each can take one of these. This is has the whole book of numbers. It's just numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Um, sometimes it puts multiple books, but this is just numbers. So it is the ESV. And it has all the numbers. It also has on the sides blank pages beside each one. So here, if, you, if you're the type that want to take notes in here, if you want to, you can mark this all up. Some people don't like to mark up their Bible terribly, but this can be marked up all, I mean, you, you can do either. But um, so you can write those attributes on the side here if you'd like, or you can mark it in yellow, whatever works for you. All right, so that's the overview for each week. And then each week is going to be broken down into smaller sections. Um, some weeks we have three sections, some weeks we have two. I think the majority of them are actually two sections. There are a couple of these longer parts that are three. Um, it, it would be helpful probably to take a look real quick before you get started for the week how many sections there are, just so you can plan your time wisely. Because I, I know sometimes I get to the end of the week and I'm like, shoot, there's another section I didn't do. Um, so if you just take a look ahead, we can try to help you with that too. Um, we do not have it broken down into days of the week. It's simply just by sections, so you find whatever works for you. Um, if you can sit and do a bunch at once, that's fine. If you break it up into small chunks, whatever works, you find what works and go with it. Um, all right, let me make sure I didn't miss anything. All right, so then you will see as we get, so page 17 would have then section one. So like I said, each of these weeks homework is broken down into smaller chunks. So at the top of that, you'll see another prayer prompt. Um, this is another reminder to ask the Lord, to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you, to, to open your eyes, to understand. Um, don't skip this. It's super important in reading, reading the Bible. Um, and then you'll see what to read for that, that section. So it's, for this first week's homework coming up, you'll have three sections of two chapters in each one. All right. Okay. So then you probably will want to go back that reread that numbers one to two 
to, to then you will do your observation, interpretation, application questions for just those two chapters. So um, because this is the Study Summit class, or old level two name of a class, um, we're not going to give you quite as much as we have with the first level, with the um, 101 class. You'll see a lot more just headings. The reason we want to do this is because we hope that instead of it just kind of being all fed to you, that you're able just to see the heading and able to come up with some different things for those different spaces. Um, also, this is a structure that we have for you. If it doesn't work and you want to simply take notes or do your own thing in another notebook or in a journal, totally fine. Um, I personally love structure, others do not, and that's okay. So you do not have to, but this will help you if you want some kind of guidance on yeah, the different sections and the different parts of the inductive study. All right, so the first under observation, so here again on page 17, you will see these same headings every single time we do observation. Narrative, repeated words, phrases, or themes, lists, and questions. Like I said earlier, narrative is probably the one that you might not have seen. The other ones should look a little bit familiar, especially if you have done a study here with us at WBF, these things you would have learned about or seen. Um, with a narrative, you're gonna simply write in that section, what is happening? What is going on in this story? Um, think of things like the setting, the plot, the characters, the outcomes. Ask yourself, what is happening in this specific story? And then how does it fit in what's going on in general? Um, we will go over this pretty much every week, just in the beginning of class, so we have a good feel for what has, is happening in, these, in, this sec in the different sections. Um, also, it says you can consult your timeline if you want to go back to that to help to see where we've been or where we are in time. Then you'll see repeated words, phrases, or themes. Like I said, in a longer Old Testament narrative, you may not have individual words all the time, and that's okay. Um, you can look for bigger concepts or a theme instead of just looking for a specific word. In the first couple weeks, we might try to work through that a little bit together, so we can, because that could be kind of new for a lot of us. Same thing with lists. This is going to look a little different. Um, in a narrative, you might just have a list of the characters that are involved in that story. Or maybe you'll have a list of um, the actions you're seeing, or maybe a list of God's commands, or sometimes a list of sacrifices that we probably would not understand. <laughs> but your lists, your lists are going to look maybe at some bigger things instead of some, and it might be specific at times. Uh, it just might not be quite as straightforward as you're used to with a, a New Testament book. Sometimes it says, Paul would, in some of his letters, say, has like a million commas, right? And you can tell this is his list, but this is going to be a little bit different to look at, um, and we will work through that with you as well. And then you'll see also a space for questions. These are just questions you have. As you read through the text, what are questions you are seeing? Um, what are some things you'd like to know more about? What doesn't make sense to you? It's okay, you probably will have a bunch of questions and that's awesome because that's where our class will kind of ride off those questions. Like no question is a bad question. No. Oh man, I love questions in life. I'm a question answer. So if, if you know me, that again makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, so once you're done with observation, then you will go to, then we have a section for interpretation. Here we have some actual cross-references for you to look at. A lot of them are kind of embedded in the questions. Once in a while, you'll just see a, like a cross-reference by itself. Um, that just kind of, that cross-reference kind of relates to the whole section as a whole. Sometimes the references are specific to a certain thing we're talking about. So more of them are kind of embedded in the questions, um, but sometimes they're just listed there for you. 
Um, I also want to encourage you to look up your own. Uh, we don't really put a space in there for that, but you can always write it on the side or in your journals. Um, we'd love to hear them. That's really fun for us to see where else are you seeing these things in Scripture. Because um, well, how else better to interpret what we're reading by, by reading what else is in God's Word. So, um, and then also trying to answer some of the questions you wrote. We, I don't know the questions you have now. Um, so as you're writing them down in interpretation, you can try to answer some of those as you're reading, looking for cross-references. Um, maybe as you read more in the story, you might learn more about it. So feel free to write down some of the answers for your own answers to the questions. The reason we have, we do have some questions, like I said, though written for you. That will kind of help guide our discussion in class. It's kind of nice to have some sort of areas that we all are looking at together, because um, of course our questions are going to be different. Um, so there, that's the reason we kind of have those there for you. Um, like I said earlier, at the, before we get to the main points, every single section we have a question that says, do you see any foreshadowing of Christ and his work in this section? If so, where? Sometimes it's going to be clear, sometimes you might not see it at all, um, and that's okay. You don't always have to have something there, but be on the lookout. Um, look for it. As you're reading it, as you're reading it through for the first time, have that in the back of your mind. Where am I seeing Christ in, in this text? Because um, we will discuss that, and again, that's probably one of my favorite parts to see what everyone comes up with. And then, as you see, you'll see a section for main points. Um, this is probably one of the most important parts in really gaining a deeper understanding about what's going on, how is Boer reading significant. Um, you're gonna take a step back and look at the main idea about what the author is trying to get us to see, okay? Um, you might come up with more than one main point. That's totally fine. You might come up with a different main point than the person sitting next to you, and that's also fine. That's how awesome scripture is. We, we kind of see different things sometimes. Um, these main points can be narrative-based, so that means they can be simply what is happening in the story. You obviously will find headings in your Bible um, that kind of give you an idea, but we do. it's kind of cool to be able to kind of think beyond that. Um, it's okay, sometimes your main point may just be simply what's happening, or they could be more theological in nature. So it could be a character of God. You're really seeing God's mercy in these chapters, or you are really seeing God's wrath in these chapters. Probably a little bit of both. Um, so it could be a character of God. It also could be a pattern of like, what are what the human thought and actions versus what is God doing? What is his heart? Um, those type of things that could also be in a main point. Um, we are gonna work through that each week. We're gonna kind of ask for your main points so you can kind of hear from others too to kind of see what they're thinking. And then under each main point, or the main points it says to list any supporting details. So this would be, so if your main point was God's mercy, you could then write, what are all the different parts in that section that you're seeing God's mercy? What details are behind what your, your main point? And then lastly, we ask to write a summary sentence or a paragraph, doesn't have to be really long. There's already a lot involved in this workbook. We don't want you writing pages, but it also is a part, like she said, if you can understand for yourself and write something in your own words, you are going to remember, it's proven that you will remember it way more than if something is just being told to you. So writing down just a quick summary sentence or paragraph also will help you as you go back through to kind of remember what's happening. Um, we do encourage you to do that. So that's the interpretation section. Application you will find is much smaller as you kind of have gained from our, all of our disclaimers that we're looking for God before us. Um, but we do want you still to look for how does this apply to your life? Um, so each week we'll have, actually in the beginning, we only have a couple we have like one or two questions. As we go throughout the workbook, we're gonna actually kind of drop those application questions and hope that you will kind of come up with your own. How is this affecting me? How should this change me? Um, we do have one question, however, that will run the entire book. 
And that is looking for these timeless truths. If you have done a study here at WBF, you've probably heard those words before. Um, it's, in the, it's, behind, it's the heart behind what we're doing here. So you're looking for things that how God is unchanging. What was he like then, and how is he still like that today? Everything in our lives changes except for him, which is really a really cool part to look at. So you are going to look for how he's unchanging, also how people are too. Sometimes there is something in our nature, like I said, that hasn't changed. Hopefully there are changes we see. Um, but look back at the Israelites and what are they like and how can you relate to them? What can we learn from them? We can learn a lot from them. <laughs> um, and then how do you see God working in your life in similar ways? Does that make sense? Kind of what those timeless trees look like? Okay. All right, so that's each section. And then real fast at the end of the whole week. So I'll just show you on page 27, for instance, for this first week, there is a big picture wrap up. This is just gonna be at the end of the entire week, not each section. And you're basically gonna go back real fast and look at your main points and see if they connect. This is gonna be, again, how you remember what's happening. There is a million details here, but if you can look at how your main points are all connecting here, it's gonna make it make a lot more sense in your mind and be able to put those details where they need to be. Um, so just, there's a section here, put your main, if there are a way to connect your main points, try to work through that real, real quick. And then what is your biggest takeaway from the week? What did you learn the most? What did God teach you that week? All right. I know that seems like a lot of things. I promise you, as you, as you do it, as you continue to do it, as you seek the Lord and you get excited about it, um, it, will, it will get easier. There, it, it is going to take some perseverance to work through, um, but we are so excited to do this with you. Um, again, we are by no means experts. I'm super excited to learn. I have, we spent, have spent the last six months or so in this book, but I'm, I know that the Lord is going to teach me more um, in these next 10 weeks. So. Um, Please feel free to ask questions as you go. If something in the workbook doesn't make sense, we would be happy to help you. Are there any questions at this point that you can think of? I just had a question. Yeah. The question, do you see any foreshadowing of Christ? Is there any? I just said, like, is there something every time? Or I just, like, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, Grace. I get it. I'm with you. Oh man, I'm with you. There's no specific answer. No. I mean, I think you could definitely find something every time, um, and I hope to like help point those out. Um, and I and just to be clear too, like I didn't necessarily see them all either. I've listened to some podcasts <laughs> and like read some commentary. Um, but, so I guess the answer is like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grace, it's like our type of personalities don't like this kind of thing, do we? <laughs> yeah, there's not like a clear one answer for any, for, I will say for some of the interpretation questions, we did have some answers in our heads, um, like a specific answer. But otherwise, in general, the questions are open-ended and open to interpretation. And yeah. if you do have a week that you really don't see it, just, it's okay to leave a blank. And yeah. That's really hard for me, too. I don't like blanks um, <laughs> on my paper. But, yeah, it's, I think you, some of it's going to be clear and some of it will not. I'm going to tell you that. But it's, I don't, we don't have all the answers either. That's, I would be happy to hear what you guys come up with. But if you really don't see it, don't like, you don't have to make something yeah. up or feel like you have to find something. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah so what, other, yeah. what other questions do you guys have?
right, well, Erin is going to now just give you, if you go to page, what is the page? Um, third, uh, 12. 12. 12. She's going to finish up with giving you a little background about the book of Numbers yeah. to get us going for. So, um, and real quick, too, since we were just kind of talking about it, um, commentaries. So, um, so anything that is somebody's thoughts about the text is what we could, would consider a commentary, like a podcast or um, like a physical book. Uh, those are all wonderful things, and you are feel free to indulge after the week that we discuss. Like, so this week we're going to go through chapters one through six. If you're the kind of person who like really likes listening to things to hear more about it, like I'm going to even make some suggestions for you, but. Um, just try to uh, hold yourself back a little bit until after we have class. So um, one thing that I really, really enjoyed in preparing for this class was the Spoken Gospel Con podcast. Um, so you can look at that. Feel free to listen to them um, after class. So yeah, let me find my notes on the background. They're in here somewhere. Here they are. All right, so page 12, um, we're just going to go through this real quick. So the author is Moses. The author of the book is Moses. Um, he wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. As far as I know, that's mostly undisputed. So um, when the book took place, I think these dates could be disputed somewhat, but these were the dates that we landed on, I think, that we found on Bible Hub. 1445 to 1407, so that would match your timeline in, in the beginning of the book. So 1445 to 1407, and the, books, the book takes place roughly over 40 years. Obviously, if you do that math, it's not like an exact 40, but yeah. They're also still not quite in the promised land at the end, so there might be some time before they, yeah. um, that's just, it's, yeah, they're not, the book of Numbers doesn't end with them in the promised land, if you... Um, your Old Testament, it'll, yeah, there's a, so there might be a time in there, that's what I... Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. True. Yep. Uh, so where does it happen? This also is a little tricky, um, just because, obviously, we don't know exactly where these places were. And if you go there, one of the, I forget which chapter it is, but there's a chapter near the end of the book that says, and then, and then they went from here to here, and here to here, and here to here, and... Um, but like generally speaking, um, there were some major areas that they took place in. So the book starts in Mount Sinai, and we're going to see that the first ten chapters all take place in Mount Sinai. That's where they went. That's where they went after they crossed the Red Sea, and that's where they're going to be um, as they're as God's kind of like telling them how to live, kind of helping them organize themselves. That's what we're going to see here. Um, and then they move to a place called Kadesh Barnea. It's K-A-D-E-S-H-B-A-R-N-E-A. -E -E uh, so the area of Kadesh, a lot of stuff takes place there. And yeah, there's other littler areas, but that's kind of one of the main areas. Um, and then they move on to the plains of Moab. And that's where we're going to see a lot of the action near the end of the book, as they're on the edge of the promised land again. Yeah, then they're going to be on the boundaries of Canaan. But you can still sum it up by saying they're in the wilderness. <laughs> the whole time. Um, who is it written to? I believe it's primarily written to the people of Israel for their 
history keeping and passing down. But of course, it's completely applicable and written to us as well then. But primarily, I think Moses was writing this to his people. Um, the style. So the style is historical narrative, much like um, the rest of these books in the Torah. But we're going to get some, some instructions and law mixed in there also. And when you read the book, you're going to think, why is this law here? Why is this chapter law? These chapters are narrative. And then we have, it seems like the law is kind of sprinkled in the book. You're going to see that there is some correlation, though, too. It seems random, but we like to think that there's some correlation between the stories and the law. So you, you look at the story before the law, and then even the story comes after that law. And it's kind of really cool to see there is, yeah, like we said, we believe there is some connection yeah. there about why he's putting it in when it is there. Well, and I think sometimes they had issues that came up, and they'd say, we don't, we've never had this issue before. What are we supposed to do? Let's go to Moses. Okay, Moses, what do you think we should do? And Moses says, I'm going to go talk to God. And then, <laughs> then we get some new laws. Um, at least that's my interpretation of it. So the structure of the book, um, there's a couple different ways to look at it. The first way is that those first 10 chapters are God's people, God sort of helping them arrange their camp and setting up um, how they're supposed to live and organizing themselves. Uh, so we're going to be looking for, there's a lot of details in these chapters, and if it's helpful for you at all, if you get stuck and confused, what's happening here, I'm confused about the details, just kind of take a step back and look for what God is revealing about himself in the story. You know, don't get too caught up in like, I have to figure this out, I have to figure out what's happening. Um, just kind of scale back and say like, okay, what can I learn about the lawgiver himself? And yeah, what can I take away of the big picture? So then from chapters 11 to 25, that's where the action is. That's where all the stories come from. Um, yeah, all the wilderness happenings. But then again, like little chapters of law sprinkled in there to confuse us. <laughs> um, then we have chapter 26 to 36. Sorry, I should have written this on the board for you, ladies. Say so by the time we by the time we squeak it all on there now, it'll be like <laughs> chapter twenty six to thirty six is when they're preparing. Then then they're preparing to enter the land again, um, and we get new laws to help say like, okay, this is how you were living. This is how I want you to live now. This is what I want you to do um, as my people in my promised land. Do you want to say those again? Yeah. So the first ten chapters preparing the camp and organizing themselves. Chapters 11 to 25 is all of the stories in the wilderness and law. And then chapters 26 to 36 is when they're preparing to enter the promised land again. And they are given more, more laws. So then I think there's another really helpful way to look at the structure of the book. Um, chapter 1 to 26 is the old generation. Um, and this isn't super precise. It's not like at the end of 26, they all died, and at the chapter 27, you get all the new. But generally speaking, I think you can kind of look at it that way. We start to see changes in the leadership. And so I kind of see that as our guiding 
um, principle for the 11, or um, sorry, one, chapter one to 26 is more about the old generation, the first generation. And then chapter 27 to 36 is more about that new generation that's gonna enter the promised land. So, uh, as we said earlier, numbers needs to be understood in relation to the books around it. So the context, I'm not sure if context is even in there, but the context is that we've come out of, we've come out of Egypt and we're going to the promised land. Um, yeah. It's the continued story of God's people and that he's setting apart as his own. He's making a nation for himself. That would kind of, the connection to whole of scripture would, yeah, it could definitely go into that part. Yeah. Um, so, and for the context, let's just go ahead and open our scripture journal right here, right here, right now. We're going to read 1 verse 1. And it says, it says that the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. In the tent of meeting, so we already have the tabernacle. There's a lot we can learn from this from this first verse. On the first day of the second month, in the second year, after they had come out of the land of Egypt. So, that's the context, ladies. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot we can learn from that first verse, you know? So we already have the tabernacle. Um, it's a year after they came out of Egypt, and the Lord is speaking to Moses in the wilderness. Um, there's something else I was going to say about that. Oh, we are going, the book will backtrack a little bit, though. Also, we're going to go back and actually, they're going to uh, talk about when the tabernacle was consecrated. So they'll go back in time a little bit at one point. It's a little confusing. But um, most of the book then is from here forward. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, some themes, I'm going to go ahead, obviously we want you to be looking for themes on your own, but I'm, I, I think it's helpful to be having a few things in mind already that you're looking for. So a couple themes that I'm going to list for you here, you can kind of have your eyes open for. Um, number one, God punishes and God forgives. So we, in this book, we're going to see the goodness and also the severity and just the awesomeness of God. So God punishes, but God also forgives. He does both. Um, the second theme would be that no one can save themselves. The third theme would be belief versus unbelief. <coughs> then number four, God's presence within his people. Like his presence is in their midst. It's amazing. And that, that's a big one, too. That one, 
uh, like all the things that we're going to see in these first chapters is kind of partially dictated by this idea like God is in their midst and so the way they're organized is because he's within their midst um, so yeah you're going to see that and then uh, one two three four five number five would be intercession there's a lot of interceding going on in this book and then God's faithfulness And then I have one more, just one more. Remember, the theme of remembering. So remember the Lord. And then you can look at, look at this either in a positive way or in more of like a negative way. Remember so that you remember to obey him um, or to keep you from sinning. Seems obvious, but remember the Lord so that you obey and don't sin. Can I say something real quick? Yeah, please. I really, when I just heard her read list this list of themes, um, just to still think about these themes are in our lives today. Like, look at this list. <laughs> Again, that's just our, our God is unchanging. And um, it's just really, I was, yeah, thinking through that as she was reading them. Like, we still see these things how many thousands of years later. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of it. So, it's, have fun with your homework and come with all your questions. Again, no question is a bad question. Like even if you feel like, oh, I shouldn't ask that question. Um, no, you ask, probably should. Ask, <laughs> yeah, you probably, yeah. Ask it anyways. Yeah, ask it anyway. Um, so yeah, bring your questions with you next week and we're gonna dive right in. I think maybe we should just wrap up in prayer yeah. at this point. Um, do you mind praying? Yep. Yeah. All right, I will just close us in prayer. We are about at the time to those that have kiddos can go get them, but I will wrap us up here in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we, um, we come to you and we, we acknowledge um, the fact that Numbers is, is an interesting book. Um, it's not always easy to read, Lord, but we know it is your word, and we thank you for it. Uh, we thank you for what was written all those years ago, um, what we can learn from it, how we can learn more about you um, through these happenings in the wilderness um, God, would you just open our hearts to receive from you um, the knowledge and affection um, for you through studying numbers. God, I, I pray that we would be women of, of just perseverance um, and faith and that we can come together as a class and a community and study your word and learn more about you as we do it. Um, Lord, I pray just that time would open in our schedules to, to spend this time um, reading your word, studying it, learning more about you. Um, and God, I just pray that you will give us a heart to want to do it as well, that desire um, to spend time learning and growing. And so I just pray for each lady here. I pray for their time in the word, um, their time throughout the week, um, that we would just reflect you to those around us, uh, that you would change our hearts through this study. We thank you for your word. Um, we thank you for all that you have done for us um, through your son and through the gospel. Lord, we just thank you for all you do. We love you and we praise in your son's name. Amen. Amen.